Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. Jonathan Hart, a self-made millionaire, was quite a guy. This is Mrs. H. She's gorgeous. She's one lady who knows how to take care of herself. Ed Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential Radio Talk Show about television. Way, is very happy to play part two of a conversation that began on our last program with actress, author, and philanthropist Stephanie Powers. Stephanie Powers, star of Heart to Heart, The Girl from Uncle, Feather and Father, McClintock, Die Die, my darling, and many other film, stage, and TV productions. Stephanie Powers, also the founder and president of the William Holden Wildlife Foundation, a nonprofit organization that Stephanie Powers started in 1982 to continue and further the conservation work started by William Holden in East Africa. William Holden will be the next recipient of the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award, an award that honors the stars of the Golden Age of Hollywood and an award that will be presented the first week of May as part of the Gold Coast International Film Festival in Great Neck, New York. Stephanie Powers will accept the award that night on William Holden's behalf. For reservations, more information, 516-829-2570, or visit goldcoastarts.com. Or Stephanie Powers, also the author of One from the Heart, One from the Heart, the story of her life and career in show business and the story of her nine-year relationship with William Holden, the love of her life, and the many ways in which Holden fueled Stephanie's lifelong passion for travel, adventure, animal preservation, and protection, and life itself. To learn more about the William Holden Wildlife Foundation, whwf.org. For more about Stephanie Powers, stephaniepowersonline.com. We mentioned that uh, you started the William Holden uh, Wildlife Foundation, speaking of legitimate organizations. You walk the walk. You don't just run the foundation from a distance. You have lived in Africa for more than four decades. What first made you fall in love with Kenya, Stephanie, and what first fueled your love for wild animals? Well, let's see. I'll take the last question first. Uh, (laughs) uh, Wild animals and animals in general have always kind of been in my life from an early age. My stepfather bred racehorses and collected a lot of exotic animals when defunct circuses and uh, because he bred racehorses, Hollywood Park which was then in flourishing in had a little petting zoo in the infield um where the goose girl was i don't know if you remember any of that but uh there uh one day decided to close that down and do something else with the infield um all of those exotic birds and uh, uh ostrich uh, not ost- yeah there were there was an ostrich there was a uh, not an emu, but there was an, an ostrich, and there were flying chickens <laughs> in the trees, and there were there were um, peacocks, lots and lots of peacocks. So we wound up wound up having these peacocks at the ranch, and uh, at every entrance and exit uh, to and from the ranch was a, what was called an electric eye. And in those days, the electric eye had a little box on one side that sent a, uh, a, a beam 
to a mirror on the other side of the whatever entryway it was, whether driving or walking. And that beam would bounce back, and if anything came in in, in front of the beam, uh, the bells would go off, mm-hmm. bells and whistles. Well, at first light, which could be very early in the morning, the peacocks uh, were in the habit of preening themselves in front of the mirror. <laughs> so all hell would break, and uh, the bells would go off, and oh my God, they were they were they were quite uh, vain. They are quite vain as, as, as a bird. They love shiny objects, and they love to see their reflection. So we had those, and uh, we had a goat that was my buddy. Mm-hmm. And I got in a lot of trouble with that goat. But uh, So I, from an early age, I uh, was always anybody who, all the kids in the neighborhood, uh, because we lived in Los Angeles as well as... Uh, in the city as well as uh, as going to the ranch, mm-hmm. was in the countryside, and anything that fell out of a tree was brought to our house to either fix or heal or bury. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, so I was surrounded. Was also raised to have great responsibility mm-hmm. for whatever animal was in my care, and uh, my stepfather was a. a could uh, believed in tough love so when i was whining around for a horse to ride rather than the horses at the uh, that were in the breeding program mm-hmm. he took me to the killers we called it the killers they were it was the slaughterhouse pens we didn't go into the slaughterhouse we went to the pens where there were horses waiting to be knackered and uh there were beautiful horses there were not so beautiful horses. There were skinny ones, fat ones. It was heartbreaking. And this was, the lesson was, if you don't take full responsibility for the animals in your care, this is where they might wind up. That was a tough lesson. It was a painful lesson. But as a result, I have <laughs> I have all kinds of retired horses and rescued dogs and uh, uh, all sorts of things that uh, animals that, that if it's their last uh, hope they live the last part of their lives in um, with great care and good food and affection or that uh, I get them when they're young or inherit them so I've got five dogs here I have three dogs in Kenya all street dogs that got adopted and uh and I have 17 horses. <laughs> I think I'm I'm looking after them. I'm looking after enough uh, animals, and then are all the wild animals. Yeah. So it was not a uh, a stretch uh, for me when I walked into a pet shop in West Hollywood uh, next to uh, uh, a car wash, which is still there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having my car washed, and I used to buy little bits and pieces for my my dogs at the time in this pet shop and I walked in and in the center of the pet shop was a sort of cage uh, or a uh, like a pen uh, and on the floor was a little baby bear and I said oh my god what is that? that's a bear <laughs> and the man said yes it's a Malaysian sun bear 
and I started sort of scolding him and saying, well, you can't have a bear. I mean, who's going to, you're going to get somebody to adopt a bear. They don't really care when he starts to get bigger, what's going to happen and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going on and on and on. And he said, well, if you feel so passionate, why don't you buy him? And I said, all right, I will. <laughs> oh, my God. So I wound up taking this eight-week-old baby Malaysian sun bear home to my housekeeper, my, my Yorkshire Terrier, and two Doberman pincers, and uh, a husband who wasn't there at the time when I got home. He arrived later when the bear was asleep in the kitchen with the dogs. And I said, uh, I poured him a big drink, and I said, uh, to open the conversation, I said, uh, you like bears, don't you? <laughs> Very subtly. Eugene was with me. Eugene was the bear. Mm -hmm. We moved out of the city. We moved to Malibu where we had four acres of land and lots of... Uh, lots of fire trails in the hills of, above Malibu to run with the dogs and nobody there. So nobody bothered us about having a bear. He was a small bear mm -hmm. by comparison to a brown bear or a, a grizzly for sure. He was about uh, 160 pounds and when he stood up uh, he was about four and a half feet when he he could get up to almost five feet tall when he stood on his back feet. And he, he lived in Malibu, in the hills of Malibu, climbing the trees and uh, having a, a marvelous time. <laughs> the only way I could get him out of the trees was with a jar of peanut butter. <laughs> so there was, I had the, the wildlife experience and... Uh, I was predisposed, you might say, yeah. to um, fall in love with Kenya because of the extraordinary biodiversity and uh, grow to love it as much as I loved the man who took me there. That man being William Holden. We're talking about William Holden with Stephanie Powers, Stephanie Powers, founder and president of the William Holden Wildlife Foundation nonprofit organization that Stephanie established in 1982 to continue and further the conservation work that William Holden started in East Africa. William Holden will be the next recipient of the Burton Moss Hollywood Golden Era Award, which will be presented first week of May as part of the Gold Coast International Film Festival in Great Neck, New York. Stephanie Powers will accept the award that night on William Holden's behalf. Reservations, more information, 516-829-2570, 516-829-2570, or visit Gold Coast Arts. Dot org For more information on the William Holden Wildlife Foundation, whwf.org. For more on Stephanie Powers, stephaniepowersonline.com. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. This is apropos of nothing, but you mentioned peacocks and peacocks being very vain and easily distracted by shiny objects. <laughs> I live in South Pasadena, which is the land of William Holden. Um, and... We have a little family of peacocks that live near, I think they live near the Arroyo, and that's not far from my building, but they 
and we're going to see them more now that the weather's starting to get warmer. But there's the mama, there's the mama peacock, and there's, there's the daddy peacock, and all the little. And they managed to survive the coyotes. That's amazing. They not only managed to survive the coyotes, they managed to survive the main thoroughfare in South Pasadena, which is Mission Street, which is where all the cars converge. And yet everybody knows to look out for the peacocks. And so they'll slow down, and when they kind of wander their way through the street, the cars, the drivers, the pedestrians, they let the peacocks be. Isn't that great? It's awesome. Yes, we've done a lot of events at the uh, South Pasadena Library. Mm-hmm. There, there's a curator of that library. I don't think he's there anymore, but there was a curator at the library who did uh, regular showings of uh, uh, period films mm-hmm. and uh, would show some of Bill's films, and we'd go, our little gang would go there and uh, set up tables and disperse information about the. Uh, the William Holden Wildlife Foundation and I do a little talk about uh, what we do and about Bill's memories of South Pasadena and and his memories of whatever the film was that was being shown. And there was a lovely, lovely lady who I uh, she's passed on now, but she was at, went to high school with Bill and she would come and show up every single time we were there. And. Uh, it was a joy to be able to see her and share some of her memories. So we always get the microphone over to her, and mm-hmm. she'd have a few words with the congregation. And it was a, it was always a lovely experience. So I'm very familiar with your with your library. <laughs> it is, it's it, a it, terrific library, and I donated a very special book to that library, which is about rhinoceroses, mm-hmm. and it's magnificent hand-etched drawings on handmade paper. It's a very large book, but it's accessible there. And if you go over there and you ask for that book, they should be able to give you access to see it. And I can just tell you, as a resident of the area, it's great to see the, the, uh, the South Pasadena Library open again you know, um, uh, which it wasn't for quite some time. I have two questions from listeners I'd like to work in, and then I have a question about working on Quinn Martin shows I'd like to ask you if I can. Oh, my goodness, yes. Okay. All right. This is from David. David is listening to us in Brandon, Florida. Uh, Miss Powers, as a child, I loved to watch the Herbie the Love Bug movies, and Herbie Rides Again was always one of my favorite. Could you please tell us, your memories of working with Helen Hayes, Ken Berry, and Keenan Wynn, and also, do you remember any funny behind-the-scenes stories working with the trick cars? Working with trick cars? Yes, I mean, there. Yeah, because Herbie. Well, no, that you know that was a very interesting process that mm-hmm. that that Disney developed. Mm-hmm. They developed a way of doing, you know, in in the early before computerization. The only way that you could do certain effects was with a back screen projection. Mm-hmm. And you always saw a little bit of an outline. It always looked a bit fake and phony. But Disney created a, a completely unique system, which they obviously developed and owned. And uh, it, it was invented by them. And it, 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 when the technology took over, it died with them. So nobody else ever used this but they. They had a pro- proprietary ownership of it. 
so we would go onto a stage that was purpose-built for these sorts of special effects. Uh, Herbie would be, you know, the car would be sit- situated in a, uh, in a, uh, a permanent spot on a movable floor. And behind us was a sort of semicircular screen that was uh, you know, ceiling to floor. And the light effect was one of the three spectrums of color, which is magenta, cyan, and a, a kind of sulfur yellow. Mm-hmm. So this sulfur yellow was the predominant color uh, that was projected onto that screen and radiated throughout the entire little sound stage where these uh, these effects would be done and then you would we would sit in <laughs> in the car and uh, we had we were given sort of uh, distinctive uh, margins of movement so we couldn't go beyond certain movements so that we could we would facsimilize movement internally while they were moving the car f- from the floor but we weren't allowed to go beyond certain boundaries and they had a 35 two 35 millimeter cameras or one no I'm sorry it was one 35 millimeter camera with two magazines uh, above it it was a specially rigged by them and the two magazines would be uh, one would be a matted view of the silhouette of the car Mm -hmm. against the background and the other would be us with the background silhouetted it was a a most amazing uh, process so therefore and they used that process whenever they had animation with live Mm -hmm. action so all those movies that they did when uh, Br'er Rabbit mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, was uh, was dancing on the screen mm-hmm. with uh, Song of the South. Song of the South uh, with a live actor. Uh, this is the process they used. And it was absolutely technologically um, e- extremely uh, interesting process to be working in, but artistically very confining and very restricting. Uh, but very interesting. Yeah. So that was the, that's the only thing I can tell you about the car. And the car obviously was rigged uh, with a driver underneath and <laughs> we're doing all sorts <laughs> of things. Stephanie will share some memories of working with Helen Hayes on Herbie Rides Again. Plus, she'll answer some more email questions when we continue our conversation with Stephanie Powers on the other side of the break. Stephanie Powers, star of Heart to Heart, the girl from uncle, author of One from the Heart, and the founder and president of the William Holden Wildlife Foundation. Talks more to Stephanie after this quick timeout here on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit 
the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.